Good morning. The members of Faith Lutheran Church welcome you to the 8 o'clock broadcast of our worship service from the Faith Ministry Center Sanctuary. Today is the seventh Sunday after Pentecost. Leading the liturgy this morning is the Reverend Jim Weeble. Preaching this morning is the Reverend Dan Taves. We will be following Lutheran Service Book Divine Service Setting 1. We now join the service already in progress. Oh, good morning, everybody. And welcome to the Lord's house today as we gather again to celebrate our amazing God. What a privilege and honor it is to be able to worship, isn't it? To be in God's house and, and to know that God is present with us. He's going to speak to us in his word. And not only that, he's going to come to us today in the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. Uh, you all know we believe the Bible teaches clearly that in the bread and wine, Jesus is present in his own body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins. So what a gift we receive in the sacrament. Uh, so if you believe that, and are sorry for your sins, we invite you to join us for that sacrament today. For those of you who are online participating with us in worship today, we hope that you've prepared your holy place. You have your bread and wine ready so when that time comes, as you participate with us in the confession and absolution and the words of institution, that you can join us in that great gift. So it is good to be together, whether we're here or at home or wherever uh, around the Word of God. Uh, two quick announcements before we begin. Uh, tonight at 7 o'clock, we have reserved mead pool just for us. So if you want to come for some fun and fellowship, we have the whole pool to ourselves at 7 o'clock. That means the diving boards and the twisty slide. I can just see some of you coming down the twisty slide tonight. <laughs> so if you want to come, even if you don't want to swim, but just hang out with friends and family tonight at 7 o'clock, the mead pool is all ours. So please join us for that. Uh, then also, you might notice in your, um, your announcement bulletin that uh, this is the last chance you can sign up for the meal train for our dear friend Dolores. Uh, you may know she had some surgery. Uh, Dolores is one of our organists here at church, and, and she's kind of healing and getting better. She lives alone by herself, so we want to provide some meals for her. So if you want to sign up to bring some meals, there's a website there for you on the meal train. Uh, there's still some slots available to bring a meal over to our dear friend Dolores being good brothers and sisters in Christ together. All right, all that being said, it's time to worship our amazing God. So if you're able, would you please stand as we open up our voices in song. To download today's worship folder, go to our website, www.faithfoxvalley.org, and under Resources, find Click Here for Downloads. Then click the square with the cloud for traditional worship folder 71623. Our opening hymn this morning is O Holy Spirit, enter in from Lutheran Service Book 913.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But, but if, if we, we confess, confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take now a moment for personal reflection. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name, amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above, and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read them, learn, and inwardly digest them, so that we may bring honor and glory to your name and grow closer together in Christian unity and love. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our first reading for this Sunday is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12. St. Paul writes, The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form just one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those who are able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? but eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. And this is the word of the Lord. Be to God. And now we turn to St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 5. 
Here, St. Paul speaks about our Christian relationships, especially between husbands and wives. Paul writes, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This is the good news of the Lord. Well, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the good Christ. Amen. Well, friends, we are continuing our summer series called The Lies We Believe, and we're talking about all of the noise around us that we hear every day that would seek to turn us away from God's truth and would seek to turn us away from God's purpose and joy. In this last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the lies we believe about marriage. We want to continue that today. And as we start, if you'll pull out your little outline that you have, right, you'll see that this top verse is the same verse we started with last week. It's marriage should be honored by everyone from Hebrews 13.4. And I want to just say, I know we're talking about marriage and not everybody here is married. But this verse, I think, is pretty clear that whether we're married or not, that we are to honor God's gift and God's institution of marriage. Uh, I've had some wonderful correspondence this last week from dear people who uh, were struggling a little bit with the message on marriage. You know, as if it wasn't concerning them or that we were trying to say, that I was trying to say somehow that, that it's better to be married than not or that you can't find true happiness or fulfillment if you're not married. That's not what I meant and I'm sorry if I gave that impression. But this verse, I think, is just trying to get us to see that no matter what state we are in in our marriage, whether we're single or married or divorced or separated, that we are still to honor and lift up and support the institution of marriage. So last week we looked at a couple of lies that we hear in our world today about this, this God's gift of marriage. On your outline you can see last week we, we talked about these two lies, that marriage is not important anymore and that marriage is simply a lifestyle choice. 
We argued that nothing could be further from the truth. Marriage is still important. It is still God's gift for us. It is the bedrock, the foundation of society that a man and a woman and a husband and a wife would come together and raise a family in the fear and knowledge of the Lord. We also talked about the truths of marriage, that marriage was created by God for the fulfillment of men and women, that he made us equal but different, and that our differences were meant to come together so that we would be stronger together than we are apart. The two will become one flesh, it says in the Bible. And then we also talked about the lie that, uh, or the truth that marriage is created for the growth of our character. We talked about how marriage is literally this laboratory for us to grow in what it means to truly submit and to give ourselves to another. Well, that was last week. We talked about this truth that marriage is to make us holy, not happy. You know, that marriage, we become more like Christ. We treat one another like Christ treats us. And when we do that, we find that happiness always follows. Well, today I want to look at just one more big lie and how it works itself out in our lives, in our marriages. And that's this. You see it on your outline. The big lie, marriage should be easy. How many of you are married and think marriage is easy? It's not, is it, right? It's not. Marriage is hard work. Maybe you've heard that old joke, there are three rings in marriage. There's the engagement ring, there's the wedding ring, and there's the suffering. <laughs> Marriage is hard work it, because it challenges us, doesn't it? As we sit in this laboratory of growing our character, it makes us look at ourselves and, and it makes us think about how we treat the other. And so this idea that marriage is easy has led to people who give up on marriage too easy. It's led to these six lies that wreak havoc in marriages. You see, I printed them for you on the bottom of that page. First lie that comes out of this idea that marriage should be easy is this. All my marital problems are my spouse's fault. Ha! You've heard the phrase, right? It takes two to tango. Right? It's true. It, you know, this idea that all our problems are his fault or her fault is really a lie that we tell ourselves and it ruins and wrecks our love in our marriage. Truth is, marriage is a relationship between two people who pool their strengths and weaknesses together to co-create what happens together. So to believe that the other person is always at fault is basically saying, I have all my act together. And that person is just messed up, right? Well, remember, Jesus talked about this once. He said we need to take the plank out of our own eye before we remove the speck from another. In marriage, we need to do the same thing. Instead of blaming the other person, maybe we need to look at ourselves and remember that we're all equally involved in how we create this thing called marriage, right? So second lie, if our marriage takes hard work, we must not be right for each other. Again, that's just not true. We just said marriage is hard work. If it is hard work, that's okay. Because I think problems in marriage signal not to give up, but they signal that we need each other. We need each other's help to work out our flaws. Right? That's what we heard in our epistle lesson from, from St. Paul, that together we make up the body of Christ, that I can't say to the ear, I don't need you. 
And the husband can't say to the wife, this is too hard. The wife can't say to the husband, it's, not, it's too hard. We need one another. And together we become one. All right, third truth. My spouse can and should meet all of my emotional needs. Again, that's another lie. The reality is that no one person can be the perfect need meter in our lives. God created us to be in community. God created us to need each other and to need other things in our lives. Somebody said once, I think, made a lot of sense. There needs to be space in the midst of your togetherness. That just makes some sense to me about marriage. We need others as well. Fourth lie, my spouse owes me for all that I do. Oh, this is a good one, isn't it? <laughs> we play the accounting game in our marriages, in our, all of our relationships sometimes. You know, we say, if I do this for you, then I'm going to get some points. And I'm going to collect those points until I need them. And then we start to play these crazy games, like taking out the garbage is worth 20 points. Doing the laundry is worth 30 points. So even though we've done this, you still owe me 10 points so I can call in this favor. And you know, before you know it, we're doing things not because we love the other person, not to grow the relationship, but we're doing things in order to get things back. And that never works, does it? It's a lie. My spouse owes me for all that I do. Not true. In fact, I believe that you're owed absolutely nothing for all you do in your marriage. The payment for what you do for your spouse is getting the privilege to serve them, getting the privilege to give to them, giving the privilege to make their lives better and build your marriage. That's the only payback. All right, fifth lie. I shouldn't have to change who I am to make our marriage better. Again, that's just another lie, right? People will say, I've always been this way, right? And you can't, I can't do anything about it, so you just need to accept that. Or another little twist to this, I've heard people say, you knew what you were getting into <laughs> when we got married, right? So now you've just got to live with it. That's rubbish. As if we can't change ourselves, as if God is not at work through our brokenness and our sinfulness to create us and help us become the person, the husband, the wife, the mother, the father that he wants us to be. Of course we can change. God can change, right? And so the idea that I can't change so you'd have to accept it is another dangerous lie in our marriages. And finally, six, my spouse should be more like me. Oh my word, wouldn't life be easy if our spouse was just like us? If they thought like we think, feel like we think, act like we act, it would be so much easier, wouldn't it? No, it would be boring. You know, we need a little spice. In fact, the Bible is clear. Again, we heard this in our text. God made us equal but different. We're made to be different so that we can complement one another. We're made to be different so that my weaknesses can be compensated by Kelly's. And her weaknesses, she's not here this weekend, so I can say that. <laughs> her weaknesses can be complemented by my strengths. See, this is the way God made us. We're better together, not more like me, but rejoice in our differences because through them, we're stronger. All right, so do you see how these six lies can really damage our relationship with one another in marriage. But again, I hope you're seeing it's not just about marriage. It's about all our relationships that we have. 
All right, so if you flip the outline, I just want to close sort of our time together as we've been thinking about the lies in marriage with this biblical truth that marriage reflects our union with Christ. God in his great wisdom, right, made our marriages to be a reflection of the relationship that Jesus Christ had with his church. That's all of us, the church. And because of that, as I wrote in your outline, marriage is a symbol. It's a walking, living object lesson of how much God loves us and how we are to be in a relationship with him. Marriage is a model showing us how God relates to us and how we are to relate to one another. And the best teaching of this is in our epistle lesson from Ephesians chapter 5. All of the italicized words on your outline are from Ephesians 5 following up here. And listen to the truth that St. Paul reveals to us about our marriage and about the relationship Christ has with the church. He said, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In our relationship, husbands and wives are to love each other the way Jesus loves the church. Love each other, in other words, the way Jesus loves you and me. And how much did Jesus love us? What did Jesus do for us to prove his love? He submitted himself. He gave himself completely and totally so that we might be forgiven. He took our sins upon himself and so that we might be living with him forever and eternity. And he did it all, not to get something back, but simply because he loved us. And now we're told to love each other the way Christ loved us first. Reading on, the scripture says a man is united with his wife and the two become one body. And this, says St. Paul, is a profound mystery. I'm talking about Christ and his church. So again, do you see how St. Paul connects the relationship Jesus had with the church, you and me, and the beautiful, profound mystery of a marriage where the two become one together. They give themselves to each other. They're willing to die for each other as Christ did for the church. And finally, so each husband must love his wife and each wife must respect her husband. This is the beautiful picture of the relationship we have for one another. So how in the world do we do this? Husbands and wives, how in the world do we love each other the way Christ first loved us? How in the world do we submit to one another the way Christ first submitted to us? Well, it means we follow the example of Jesus. The more we know him, the more we love him, the more we are washed by his grace and forgiveness, the more we realize what he did for us and how we don't deserve it, enables us to give and do the same to another. It's just the way that it works. To submit means to yield our own rights, just as Jesus submitted himself to us. So you can see the last line there, no one ever submitted better or more than Jesus. And now it's our prayer in our marriages, in our relationships with others, that we would be able to love and submit the way Jesus first did for us. So my friends, don't believe the lies. Instead, believe the truth of what God has revealed to us in marriage and how we are to treat, love, respect, and submit one another as Christ first did the same for us. God bless you as he grows and as you grow together in your relationships. Amen.
Well, my friends, if you're able now, would you please stand as we confess what we believe about our amazing triune God today in the words of the Nicene Creed. Together we boldly confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. As God's beloved people made radiant in the light of Christ, let us now pray for the church and for the whole world. Heavenly Father, you have ordained the family as the foundational cornerstone of society. By your grace, strengthen the relationships within our families and help us to be respectful, encouraging, supporting, and forgiving toward one another as we live out our vocations as spouses parents, children, and extended family. Heavenly Father, your word tells us that mankind was made in your image and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. By your power, protect the unborn and help us to be a positive influence that draws attention to your holy word and the sanctity of life. Heavenly Father, it is your will that your children live in peace and harmony with one another all over the world. By your Spirit, bring all wars and acts of violence to an end and help our global leaders work together to maintain peace and security for all. Heavenly Father, Jesus asked us to look after the poor, the sick, and the needy because by serving them, we are serving and glorifying you. By your grace, minimize our selfish desires and inspire us to maximize the many gifts you have given to us to share with others. Heavenly Father, you sent Jesus to be the light of the world and instructed us to follow him. With the light of Christ, continue to light our paths cultivated our faith, and speak boldly to us through our preachers, teachers, and mentors. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you for affirming your Son in the presence of eyewitnesses and blessing us with the Holy Spirit after Jesus' departure from earth. Inspired and transformed by your Spirit, we pray that more people would accept all of your holy word as your truth that is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Heavenly Father, your light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Grant protection to those who are persecuted for their faith, especially those who are concerned for their safety. Grant hope to those who are lonely and who are mourning the death of a loved one. And this day we pray for the families of Kyle Baton and Joan Miller and Gary Mulheron's aunt, all of whom the Lord called to himself in this past week. Bring healing also, we pray, O Lord, to those who are sick and struggling with chronic illness or who are recovering from surgery. And we pray also for Tammy Benke's niece in this regard. Lord, in your mercy, and Lord, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and we praise you today for the gift of a, a healthy baby boy to Christy Schleitweiler. We also pray for little Bowen Hayes, who will be brought into your kingdom of grace through the washing of holy baptism this day. So for these, O oh Lord, in your mercy, we lift up our prayer. We also rejoice with Tom and Lois Mertis, who are celebrating 40 years of marriage together, and Brian and Jackie, who are also celebrating 42 years of marriage together. Lord, you have given us the gift of marriage, as we've heard already this morning, and we pray that we will continue to experience your presence and your blessing through all of those who are married that they may be a sign of the fulfillment of your kingdom here on earth. Lord, in your mercy, we lift up our prayer. And into your hands we now commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your promise to hear us for the sake of the Lamb of God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. And as you may have read, our third week offering, all loose offerings today will be given to the Pastoral Leadership Institute, which helps to train new pastors and young pastors in our Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Thank you for your gifts of, of offering. For those joining us through our radio program or online stream, you may give by mail or online at www.faithboxvalley.org slash give or text to give at 920-280-1030. Our offering hymn is Almighty God, Your Word is Cast from Lutheran Service Book 577.
invite you to stand as you are able. And we pray. Blessed are you, O God, ruler of heaven and earth. Day by day you shower us with blessings. As you have raised us to new life in Christ, give us glad and generous hearts, ready to praise you and respond to those in need. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For what had been hidden from before the foundation of the world, you have made known to the nations in your Son, in him being found in the substance of our mortal nature, you have manifested the fullness of your glory. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. On the night of his betrayal, our Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take this and eat it. It is my body which is given for you. Do this always to remember me. And then in the same way, he took a cup, and after supper he gave thanks and passed it among them and said, Drink this, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and all people for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you share this from now on, do it also to remember me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. And you may greet one another. The members of the congregation are greeting one another in the name of the Lord, saying, Peace be with you as a sign of reconciliation and of the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. May the peace of the Lord 
be with those of you in our radio and online audiences as well. Our opening communion hymn is O Lord, We Praise Thee from Lutheran Service Book number 617. O Lord, we praise Thee, bless Thee, and adore Thee, in thanksgiving bow before Thee. Thou with Thy body and Thy blood didst nourish our weak souls that they may flourish. O Lord, have mercy. May Thy body, Lord, born of Mary, that our sins and sorrows did carry, and Thy blood for us plead in all trial, feared, and need. O Lord, have mercy.
Our next communion hymn is Where Charity and Love Prevail from Lutheran Service Book number 845. Where Charity and Love Prevail, There God is Ever Found. Brought here together by Christ's love, by love are we thus bound. And may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. And let us pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this treasured and holy gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now as you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Let us go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today's closing hymn is sent forth by God's blessing from Lutheran Service Book 643.
We thank you for joining us for today's worship service from the Faith Ministry Center of Faith Lutheran Church. All the members of Faith Lutheran Church invite you to join us for any of our worship services. We would enjoy sharing the time with you. For Ministry Center locations, worship and education times, please visit our website at www.faithfoxvalley.org or call the church office at 739-9191. For offerings, those of you joining us through our radio or online stream, you may give by mail or online at www.faithfoxvalley.org slash give or text to give at 920-280-1030. Any communication regarding this broadcast can be directed to Stephen Moore, Director of Worship, Faith Lutheran Church, 601 East Glendale Avenue, Appleton, Wisconsin, 54911. Until we meet again, may the Lord bring you peace. Peace.